This podcast discusses difficult topics that may not be appropriate for all listeners. We are not doctors or therapists. None of our content should be construed as medical advice, nor as a substitute for professional help. Names and other specific identifying details are often changed for the privacy and protection of our guests. Our guests' experiences are shared as they experienced them. Opinions may not reflect the opinions of Beck and Ella or this podcast. There will also be adult language used. Lots of it. Listener discretion strongly advised. Welcome back to Narcissists, Gaslighters, and Cheaters. Oh my. How are you doing, Ella? I'm doing good, Beck. How are you? I'm good. How's your week been? I'm a little tired. Yeah? I went out last night, stayed up past my bedtime. Were you up to like 10? <laughs> no, girl, I rolled in at one. <laughs> yeah? Nice. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, kicking it in East Nashville. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Good times. It was fun. Yeah. Um, speaking of kicking it in East Nashville, we have a very special guest with us today, Miss Maya. Hi, Maya. Hi. <laughs> Maya spent a lot of time, a very long time ago, with us kicking around East Nashville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we are very happy to have her back with us today. For those that aren't from our area, there used to be the most amazing bar in Nashville called The Connection. It is no more, unfortunately, but it was incredible. one of the best bars I've ever been to in it my life. Incredible. It was incredible. It was so fun. I miss it. it so was. fun. It had everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything you could want under one roof. It was wonderful. Hence, connection. <laughs> <laughs> we spent lots of late nights and early mornings oh uh, kicking around there. Yes. And then uh, Maya moved away, but we're really happy to catch up with her today. So Maya, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am so happy to be here. So happy to talk with you too. Um, so about me, I am a Georgia peach to the bone. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I was born on Peachtree. <laughs> raised in Atlanta. So nice. I am a Georgia peach. I am married to my best friend. Um, she and I have been together for for actually we've been together almost 10 years now nice but um yeah we've been married for seven years and it's been the best thing ever and we have um we have my bonus baby he just turned 28 awesome um her twin yeah he's uh <laughs> love of my life and also we have our fur baby bailey she is about to turn four next week Aww. Sweet. Yeah. So, and I am, I'm a wedding planner. And also, of course, you know, I have to work the full time to make the bills, but I also work in property management. <laughs> awesome. That's me in a little bit of a nutshell. How fun to be in the wedding business. That must be so much fun oh my. to share those moments with so many couples. Yes. And, um, you know, a lot of them, most of them are so sweet and, and you know, just everything just, oh, it's just amazing. And then there's some, you're like, mm-hmm. But- <laughs> are you <laughs> sure? Sure. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I love, I love my clients. I have the absolute best clients. So that's awesome. Yeah, my wife and I are out here trying to get everybody married. Um, right. <laughs> she's she's an officiant. I'm the planner. I even pro, uh, do proposal planning. 
Nice. Very cool. That's awesome. So it's a package yeah. deal. Kind of sort of a little bit. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Good deal. Who are you going to talk to us about today? We are going to talk about my mom. Okay. Yes, she is. Um, well, my uh, my therapist says she is a uh, textbook narcissist. Okay. What was it like growing up with her? I swear there were times that I thought I was crazy. Yep. A lot of times I thought I was crazy. I was like, is it me? You know, and it... It's like I, I've had to, I was always like second guessing myself, like, okay, am I wrong or am I tripping, you know? Right. And a lot of times it was just, you know, she wanted to have things her way. She wanted to, you know, she didn't care about anybody else's feelings. She didn't care about anything else. She's going to lie, cheat still to get whatever she wants mm. and uh, make me feel like I was the one that was at fault. So they're good at that. Yep. Oh yeah. She, she can teach a class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So talk to us a little bit about what that looked like when you were younger. Well, okay. So, um, I did, uh, grow up in a two parent home. Uh, my mom and my dad, uh, they were married for about 35 years, um, until wow. one day, um, about a little over 10 years ago, he was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, Good for who gets him. Divorced at seventy, right. but I mean, and and I get it. Hey, it's never, never too, too late. late, right? Never too late for happiness. And I am so happy that he has found his soulmate. They've been married for a few years. She's my stepmom, and she's the best thing in the world. I swear. Awesome. That is great. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, they. Um, my dad worked for um, General Motors, mm -hmm. so he worked a lot. Um, he was away from home a lot. He um, sometimes had jobs out in Shreveport. I remember he was in Kansas City for a while, Huntsville, Alabama, um, you know, just different places. He was with that company a long time. So whenever he wasn't there, it's like things between us would get kind of almost volatile mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, she, she has a, an, an undiagnosed drinking problem and she actually pulled a box cutter on me. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I was, how old was I? I had to be about 17, 18. Um, she'd been out with her friend drinking. They want me to come and get them? Sure, why not? So I come and get you at three o'clock in the morning and you're upset that I won't get out and let you drive my car. Mm. No, no, mm -hmm. not, <laughs> no. So yeah, she came at me with the box cutter and um, at that time, I didn't know what to do. You're a mom, you know, Right. you're my mom. You're supposed to love me. You're supposed to protect me. You're supposed to take care of me. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're making yourself out to be the, the scary person, the big scary mm -hmm. person. So yeah. I tell you, it's been, uh, it was 40 years of unlearning so much stuff from my mom, you know, it, you, there was there was times like even when I lived in Nashville, if I didn't answer the phone in a certain amount of time, then she would call the police and tell them, oh, something's wrong. <laughs> she's yeah, or whatever. She's yeah, she's had the police come and knock on my door. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you know, and people say, oh, that's your mom. That's what she's supposed to do. I don't think so. <laughs> How do other people view your mom? Oh, she is the best thing to everybody. She's She has a great personality. She smiles. She's happy. She's nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's, she's just, it's like a whole Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing because, yeah, it's not that way. It's and it's never been that way for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Was she different when your dad wasn't around? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, she. It's like um, you know a lot of secrets. Don't tell your dad this. Don't tell your dad that. And uh, yeah, a lot of secrets. Um, a lot of lies, telling me to tell my dad different things to get more money from him, things like that. Like right now, she's upset with me because I refuse to ask my dad to buy her a car. <laughs> he's married to somebody else now. Like they've. <laughs> yeah, he's moved on. How does that work? <laughs> right? And it's like not your place. <laughs> it's a good gig if you can get it. I mean, I mean sure. I'm saying. I'm saying. Um, and my, and unfortunately my wife and my mother do not have a relationship because when we were dating, um, same thing, um, my mom wanted my dad to sign some kind of papers for for her to get his pension after, you know, they divorced. Oh, hell no. You better sing it again. (laughs) Say it with your chest. (laughs) So... She was going on and on and on that she wanted me to get my dad. You need to talk to your daddy. You need to talk to your daddy. My wife said, look, that is not her position. Don't put her Mm -hmm. in your relationship or whatever it is. And um, yes, she told my wife that she was wrong and she needed to stay out, you know, stay out of her business. And so they have not spoken. And we that was actually within the first year of us dating. Wow. So, yeah. When did you start to realize that she was a narcissist? <sighs> so, uh, I found my therapist in 2021, um, in the beginning. That year was real rough. Um, that Christmas, New Year's, you know, uh, my wife had COVID mm. and she was on a ventilator. Oh. And then I went into the hospital with COVID and, you know, I was supposed to be on a ventilator, but um, I told them I don't, you know, I can't, both of us can't be on a ventilator. Somebody has to be awake, you know? So um, through, through the stress with that, trying to take care of my wife from my ICU room in South um, Atlanta Medical Center to hers at Grady, that I think it was like seventy-two days. Oh my god! That she was was gone. It was it was rough. It was probably the hardest time of my life. So sorry. Yeah. When um, I actually was speaking with my mother-in-law, and she was like, "You really need to talk to somebody." She was like, "You have a lot going on." She was like, "I can hear your anxiety. I can hear your depression." And so I found my doctor, who is absolutely flipping amazing. And, um, you know, talking to her and she was like, you know, the things that you're feeling, it's not, it's, it's not in your head. You know, she was like, she could actually tell me word for word what 
my mom would say to different things, you know, so with the threats, with the lies, with the, well, everybody keep asking where you are and why you won't come and see me and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. The guilt trips. And I mean, you get you get a little bit of that with most mothers, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like it's an nth degree. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I've just, you know, worked a 12-hour wedding on top of my full-time job. Right. On top of I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a, you know, I have things going on. So, you know, I can't just drop everything and and run over and, you know, see what you're doing. I wish I could. That's just not the way it is. And do you really wish you could? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had the freedom. Right. (laughs) No, I don't wish I could. Right. (laughs) I wish I had that time to do something that was actually enriching and fun for me. Exactly. Right, right. Not spend it with you. That would not be it. (laughs) But yeah, um, you know, it's just it's it's just been a lot um, of of you know me talking to her and kind of dissecting the different things that I thought. Like I always thought that. I have to hold the phone and keep listening, even if when she's cussing me out, Mm -hmm. I I have to, I have to, you know, anything she needs, I have to do it. Otherwise, right now she pulls God, she holds God over me. Like, say I have a migraine. Oh, well, you wouldn't have a migraine if you just came to visit me. I don't think that's how that works. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I said. That is not how that works, you know, or um, <laughs> or when I had COVID, she said that all you have to do is um, just come and uh, come over to my house at once every couple of weeks and you won't even have to, you won't even be sick. Like, does that even make any sense? It doesn't even add up. Let's see one. No, none of that. I wonder if the CDC knows that. Like we could have skipped a whole lot of trouble. I'm telling you. If just visiting your mom every couple of weeks would have protected your mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Those guilt trips are real fun. Oh my gosh. Yes. And um, I mean, you know, the craziest part about it though. You know, you would think, okay, you had COVID, you finally came home, you're on oxygen, and she never once came over to say, hey, can I warm up some soup for you? Right. Or, (laughs) you know, um, I know you need help. Nothing like that. No, she was more concerned to see what I looked like and tell me well you need to you need to do this to your skin or you need to do that and i'm like dude i am i have covid (laughs) i don't care what i look like i want to breathe this is not a beauty contest (laughs) let me breathe i'm not going to be beautiful right now let me just breathe i want to breathe you're beautiful all the time but that doesn't even matter thank you (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome and if you wouldn't have gone to see her if she had covid if you wouldn't have Ooh. been there to offer to warm up some soup, I bet it would have been an issue. Hell mm-hmm. to pay for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody would know. Everybody she comes across. <sighs> yeah. What a terrible daughter you are. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, of course, you know, because her and my wife do not have a relationship, 
did not invite her to our vow renewal because our vow renewal was just for everybody who supported us and who loved us and who rallied around us. And it was mainly like my dad, my mother-in-law, you know, my son, and everybody else were therapists who brought her back to me. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, but no, I couldn't have my mom there. Um, I couldn't even talk to my mom about it. I couldn't because, you know, you, you want that moment with your mom when you're getting married, try dresses on, you know, you, you want your mom there. But I, for my own mental health, I could not have my mom there. Yeah. Understandable. She would have made everything about her. Right. There'd be no, this is your day. It would be all about her and her feelings and how she's being portrayed or whatever the case may be. They have a beautiful ability to make everything about them. Great storytellers. Yeah. Give us some examples. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Okay. So (laughs) the most recent one, um, she thinks that, um, I think she thinks that my wife has some kind of hold on me or whatever. I don't know. The hold of true love. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I will be 45 in two weeks. I think I know how to do what I want to do and I will do what I want to do. But she will go around and tell people that um, my wife won't let me see her, um, you know, things like that, which is couldn't be further from the truth. because She is the one who tells me, hey, do you want to go and see your mom? Mm -mm, I'm good. (laughs) Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm good. Not today. Not today. Mm -mm. No. Not today. Um, Another time. Oh, so um, when it came to me coming out, I didn't do that until I was about 27, 28 was when I came out to my parents. The reason why is because my mom told me if I ever, if she ever came over in my house and I had mannish looking women in my house, she was going to shoot my house up. Oh my God. Oh, what? That's a little drastic. Mm-hmm. I'll shoot your house up. Mm. Okay. Noted. I feel like people who have that strong of a feeling, like thou doth protest too much, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the quote. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you know that it's hereditary. Mother. It is. Hey. <laughs> and you're very I mean, loud about yeah. how you feel. Maybe yeah. that, you know, that could be it, you know? <laughs> um, and another thing is she's always told me that my dad didn't want me, that he that uh, he wanted to abort me. My dad was married when they got together. And really, uh, they didn't really get together. My daddy just helped her. They worked together and he helped save her job. So I guess she thought that she had to uh, throw something at him (laughs) to thank him. And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's an excellent story. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And here I am. But yeah, they, uh, and he stayed married to her for 35 years, bless his heart. Mm. Mm -mm. But he was never there. Right. Right. Yeah. So she had a good thing. She didn't work after I was born. So of course, you know, she's still not working. She, you know, expects everything to come to her 
Because <laughs> the Maya, I need a car thing just tripped me out. I was like, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> she sounds a lot like my mom. Yeah, what do you want me to do about it? I need a place to live. <laughs> that too, yes. I need, I, I, I need a house. Okay, you gonna find me. <laughs> I found mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you are not coming over to live here, that's for sure, right? No, she's not even invited to come to come here. Um, as a matter of fact, like a, a couple years ago, there was a situation I can't remember what she was yelling at me about, but she threatened that she was coming over to my house so that she could so I could tell her in my, in her face something. And I said, "Well, you can come over if you want to, and um, Fulton County Police will be here waiting on you. <laughs> right? It sounds like you've been able to establish some pretty good boundaries mm-hmm. and stick to them. How have you been able to do that? I had a friend. I have a really good friend out there in Nashville who I had never heard of of boundaries. I didn't know what that was, how to to do that. And, you know, I had no clue. And I remember she gave me a book about boundaries. And I was like, oh, so, you know, I don't have to be just flying out here in the wind. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there is something that I can do, but I still had no idea how to put my foot down, how to be strong, how to have a backbone. Because, again, it's my mom. <laughs> right. It's know. hard. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah. And, um, so it's just something that I, I just kept coming back to, okay, you know, I need to figure out how to get my thoughts across, how to let go when it's becoming abusive, when it's not serving me, how to let it go. Nice. Between that book and I tell you, my wife has been like a big supporter of me learning how to assert my boundaries. And um, my doctor told me um, actually last month when I saw her, she was like, I'm so proud. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because she told me when she told me the best contact is no contact Mm -hmm. and how peaceful my life is. My house is peaceful. Yeah. That's that's all I want. Have you gone no contact with her? I have. Okay. I have. We've I've done that uh, you know, months at a time. And then we will come back and you know, come back on my terms. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, once you start bringing up my dad or things about my stepmom and, you know, cuz why why are we having a conversation about my stepmom? She has nothing to right. do with you. She's taking care of my dad. He's happy. That's all I care about. Yeah. Right. It's really hard when you have never set boundaries with someone like that because it mm-hmm. they make sure that it takes so much energy to do so that you almost talk yourself out of it going forward cuz it's just like I know this is going to be draining and a fight and a thing and I'm just trying to set a healthy boundary but they're not going to see it that way they're going to see it as a personal attack yeah and turn it into a war and it's it's so hard and especially when it's someone like a parent or mm-hmm. someone that you have such a long standing dynamic with and changing that dynamic it's a lot it is it's a whole lot so I'm very proud of you for being able to do that well thank you thank you it's uh it took a lot <laughs> You know, I've I've had some uh, narcissistic type 
relationships. But this one has, you know, of course, that's the worst one. The rest of them, I could just, you know, you know how I was just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on to the next thank you <laughs> but, um, yeah of course you know it's, and it's it's one of those things it breaks my heart every now and then because you know I want that relationship right. with my mom of course you do yeah yeah you see people and their moms going to brunch and they're wearing like same pajamas and shopping and, you know to do stuff like that right holidays and and whatnot but mm-hmm. unfortunately it's not something that we can do with my mom but um i'll tell you this uh since my parents divorced i've actually gotten to know my dad oh that's great <laughs> yeah i mean he raised me you know but i've gotten to really know who he is as a person i have gotten so much closer to my dad that's awesome yeah, because it was always us against, it's supposed to be us against him. No. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. It's a terrible position to put your kid in. Very terrible. It's not fair to you at all. Right. And I'm sure she was yeah. probably, would have been jealous if you had been closer before. Mm-hmm. She probably made sure to stand in the way of that, I would assume. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's always, well, you know, it's it's us. He, he didn't want, he didn't want to be around. He didn't want you. He didn't want, you know, and... <clears throat> I I did everything for you. He didn't do anything, but he's the one that made all the money. Right. Why would you say that to your child? Like, regardless of if that were the case or not in the beginning, because if, if it's unexpected, like a lot of people talk about making different choices. Like, I understand that. But why would you even bring that up to your child? Like, it has nothing to do with how a parent feels about the child when they're there. You know, it's just a terrible thing to say. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's now I'm like, you know, she says these things and I just hang up. Good. Good for you. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't even be bothered. I can't even be bothered. And and the the biggest thing, the best thing is it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's And it's what I need to do to make me happy. Are you an only child? I am um <laughs> I am their only child. Okay. I was a ooh, I was a oops. Um so <laughs> same girl. I said, my dad was married. Well, he uh, yeah, he was he was married um with two kids. He <laughs> Papa was a Rolling Stone for a moment. Um, you know, Daddy was as we know, all was, were. He was feeling himself. Okay, he was. Mm-hmm, he was feeling himself. The women just love my daddy, but uh, <laughs> so uh, my my brother is eleven years older than me, and my sister is fourteen years older than me. Okay, but you're your mom's only child. I'm her only. Whew, that makes it even harder because it's all on you. <laughs> that part (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. that part yeah yeah there's no there's there's it's just it was just us um especially after my grandmother after her mother passed because 
she was our buffer. She was, you know, I could say, come to her, you know, and say, hey, mom is doing this. What do I do about this? Mm-hmm. But of course, it always came back. You know, that's just how your mother is. Right. That excuse is old. She is 70 plus years old, honey. She, right. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Right. She knows what she's doing. You know, 100%. So, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you got a really amazing mother-in-law out of this deal, though, also. So that's a huge blessing. Yes, I am definitely blessed. Uh, my mother-in-law, when my wife uh, first went into the hospital, she came up that day and she stayed with me for about a week. And then I went into the hospital. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's been a, a great supporter, too. But yeah, she was telling me, you know, you just remember, you know, you didn't, you don't have to do anything. You didn't, you didn't make you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. You didn't ask to be here. Mm-mm. So, and she always reminds me, you don't have to do anything. Right. Definitely. My, um, my stepmom, my mother-in-law. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely blessed. I'm glad that you have those women in your life. Um, and it probably, I'm assuming when growing up, you thought that that was like a normal, normal way people behaved or did it always seem off to you? I thought it was, it's all I knew. Right. Right. So it did seem like that's the way that it was supposed to be. That's how relationships are with your mom. But it's, it's not, you know, I, it's not. And it's, it's terrible, the positions that she's put me in as a child. She even told me a story I don't quite remember, but she said that she took me to um, one of my dad's girlfriend's houses when I was little. I don't know. But um, she told me to go knock on the door and ask for my daddy. Mm-hmm. Now, who would, in their right mind would bring a child under 10 years old Mm-mm. to some stranger's house to knock on the door and say, where's my dad? What if something happened? You know, what if, right. <laughs> you know, you know, what about know. the psychological damage that that does to your child? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? So you had, you were probably an emotional support for her far before you were in any kind of a position to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how she got things, um, you know, with my grandma, my grand, my granddad, that's how she got things was because I needed it. Right. You were the pawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And none of this has benefited me. except how you know how to not be a mother now (laughs) exactly exactly and i have asked my wife i was like look if you ever see me acting like my mom please call me to the carpet please tell me please say something because i know you know she's my mom yeah i don't know what's in there (laughs) right Mm -hmm. that's right so or what damage is done but it's really amazing to me that you went on to have such an awesome marriage and such a healthy relationship and are such a functional, like kind and loving person. Like that's a lot to go through and be able to find your way out and have the self-awareness to actually dig through those issues and resolve them and learn to set boundaries and all of that stuff. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, oh, very impressive. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give to other children of narcissists? I would say stay true to yourself. Take care of you. 
do whatever you need to do that makes you happy. Keep yourself safe. You know, uh, my mom used to say, I'm I'm the, only, the best friend you're ever going to have and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, no. I hope not. Uh, no, you are not a very good friend. You are a horrible friend. <laughs> but you are the best friend that you can be for yourself. So you be the best friend that you can be to yourself and take care of yourself. Give yourself peace and give yourself grace because of course, you know, it's hard to dealing with the narcissistic parent, especially of an age trying to, okay, I'm going to try to do this now, but just give yourself grace. Um, you know, some you you will fall. I have fallen <laughs> and um, given in to my mom, like, why am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> so give yourself grace. You will make mistakes, but just take care of yourself. That's the best thing. That's the best thing. And anybody's opinion mm-hmm. of you, anybody else's opinion of you does not matter. Right. That's right. So just matters how you feel about yourself. Yeah. I think we are starting to move past, you know, like the, the older generations would say, like, that's your family, that like you have to put up with whatever because that's your mother. But it's like, I love how these, our generation and then the generations after us have started to really see like, no, toxic is toxic. It doesn't matter yeah. if we share some DNA, like you don't get to just treat me any kind of way because there's something there that I'm supposed to honor and respect that's not being honored and respected back. So Exactly. That's right. Blood is not bond. I really, I really love that we're starting to grasp that and starting to be supportive of people who choose health and positivity and love and don't allow all of that negativity. But it's hard, especially with older generations and family members to really get them to conceptualize why you would choose your peace and yourself and your happiness. Yeah. So I'm sure that's been a hard piece in some ways as well. Yes. It has been hard, but I tell you, with the support of my wife, you know, I can go to her and say, hey, this is what she said, and this is what I said. Was I wrong? Right. <laughs> you know? So, and most of the time she's like, no, you're you're good. Yeah. So but it's good to have, you know, somebody else, somebody in your corner. Um, That's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think the best piece of advice that I ever heard that was given to me about dealing with a narcissist was don't listen to anything that they say ever look at their behavior you know so when they're saying Mm -hmm. you're my whatever you're my world you're my everything don't listen to any of that do they behave that way do they act like they really love you is love an action word for them Mm -hmm. because the words are where they get us like they start talking circles and they start confusing and all of a sudden you don't know if you're the asshole or what's happening but it's like Right. Ditch the words and just watch the actions. And the actions are very clear that they are what they are and you're not the crazy one. <laughs> that makes sense. And that is definitely, definitely true. Um, yeah. Maya Angelou, she said, you know, <laughs> when people show you who you are, who they are, believe, believe them. them. <laughs> Excellent quote. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know that she, you know, she was, she was a, you know, first time mom and, you know, of course, all moms, you know, make mistakes because we're all human. But at the same time, now I'm teaching her how to treat me, yes. how to handle me, how to talk to me. 
Mm-hmm. Because if I don't like it, I'm not staying around. <laughs> yep. That's very important too. And like learning mm-hmm. that we do teach people how to treat us, even if it's not our fault. Right. That they're treating us that way. We do have the power to to reteach that or not be around and it's their decision. Absolutely. I think that takes a lot of the guilt away too. When you set a boundary, if somebody chooses not to honor that, like they've then made the decision to not be in your life. It's not that you cut them off, you set a boundary and they chose not to participate. Yep, exactly. So I think that's a, a better, that helps too, to think about it for other people in this situation, let them make that decision. These are the the rules and choose if you want to be here or not. Yeah, absolutely. So that's right. I we just like to stay over here in our little bubble and marry these people and <laughs> <laughs> all we do in our house is just sit and giggle and, and laugh and just love. That's great. That's beautiful. Any last minute thoughts or advice or anything you want to throw out there? Just, you know, just remember that you are important. You are enough. And if they don't treat you the way that you want them to treat you or the way that they should treat you, then it's okay to give them the gift of goodbye and move on with your life. Love them from afar. Love them from a distance. That's right. And just, just pray for them and keep it moving. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yes. Thank you. Thank y'all. I really enjoyed this chat. Y'all have a great night. You too. Goodbye. You too. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. If you want to support our show further, you can share our podcast with your friends, follow us on our socials at NGCOMPod, or sign up for our Patreon to help keep the show going with a donation. Or you can become a patron for exclusive access to bonus content and interact with us and other loyal listeners on our feed. Meanwhile, if you liked what you heard today, please leave us a positive review. If you didn't, no worries. Move on about your day. If you want to share your story on our show, please visit our website at ngcompod.com to fill out the contact us form. Thanks again for listening.